You're listening to a Sovereign Hope Church podcast with pastor and teaching elder Adam Vinson. Different things with our church, some decisions that needed to be made. And uh, so I want to give you some of the fruit of that discussion um, just to catch you up to speed uh, with where we're at. Um, We had had some discussions recently about some uh, adjustments to our church building to help out with what we do on Sunday mornings. Um, We had uh, somebody donate some money uh, to our church, specifically asking that we use it uh, for Sunday morning purposes, uh, things that we could purchase potentially to use as part of our service. And so that kind of got the ball rolling um, as far as us thinking in those terms. Uh, But one thing that we had to discuss, and I I need to get some feedback from you guys this morning, involves um, putting a sign on our church building. Now, we have previously withheld doing that because we did not want to attract unnecessary attention to what we're doing here as far as people that just drive up and down 16, seeing that there's a new church in Sonoy, and then people just wanting to come and potentially leave a church in Sonoy just for the sake of seeing what's going on at the new thing. And so we, we, we haven't ever wanted to do that. We've relied on people finding out about us through word of mouth, through our website, and that's been sufficient and good for us. What we found out is that our landlord requires that we have some type of visible sign on our building. Apparently, he tried to tell us this a year ago, and the letter got lost in the mail, and so we just got it. So I can only imagine that he's thinking, why haven't they complied when I sent this out a year ago? Because he doesn't know that it didn't reach us. It just got stuck in the wrong section at the at the post office and finally got to us. Um, we have to renew our lease if we decide to stay here at the end of this year, and so we certainly don't want to do anything that would cause him to increase the price or tell us to just flat get out. So we want to make sure that we're always in compliance with what he's asking us to do. So part of that is it requires us to put a sign on the building. <clears throat> now, it's um, it's not a cheap uh, situation. Um, there's cheaper options, though. I got a first quote from a better way ministries and the quote for something similar to what the Taekwondo place has was about $3,000 to put something on our building. Um, I called the people that actually did the Taekwondo sign and they said it cost $900. So that's a lot better. Um, it's with Minutemen press in Peachtree city. Uh, Chris Ensign has a friend though, that does some sign work in noon and he's going to check to see what type of quote we can get from them problem is that it has to be the exact type of material coding purposes for this building, so we're obligated to have a certain style of sign. Um, so we're working on getting the, the cheapest quote that we can get, <clears throat> and we had some discussions this weekend about what to actually put on the sign, and I thought this would be helpful to get some feedback from those that have been visiting recently as well to see if it really mattered to you what was on the sign or the fact that we didn't have a sign. The options that we came up with for what to put on the sign um, would be to, so basically it would look exactly like the Taekwondo sign as far as style and size. And based on the characters that fit in that 30 by 90 sign, um, uh, option one would be to put the anchor logo plus the word Sav Hope, and that's all that would fit, because um, we're trying to keep it as cheap as, poss- as possible. Option two uh, was to just put Sav Hope, and then option three was to put Sav Hope Church, Option four being sovereign hope. We'll take option two away because two and one are about the same. Um, so let me give you some of the reasons for the like the positives and negatives for each. Um, Obviously, the term Sov Hope doesn't carry meaning to somebody that doesn't know that that's an abbreviation for Sovereign Hope Church. Um, with the anchor, we felt like it at least communicated some type of um, religious institution, so it communicates 
to me it would communicate some type of church. The hesitancy with just flat out putting South Hope Church is that it does potentially draw people that are already going to churches here in Sonoy to the newest thing type of thing. Um, <clears throat> Sovereign Hope, um, kind of the same thing. Um, people kind of driving by and not really knowing what it is. Our, our main motivation for putting up a sign is, um, again, to be in compliance. So we've never been concerned about advertising our church. Uh, there was concern as well that obviously we want us to understand, we want our kids to understand that this building is obviously not the church, that we make up the church, that um, that we don't really go to church, that we gather together to worship as a church. Um, but, I mean, most churches put church on their their building signs to communicate what it is um any feedback as far as preference from you guys as to what makes the most sense what is most helpful people that have visited what would what would have been the benefit would it have been something where we could tell you to go to the building that had would it have mattered um any feedback that would help us make a final decision and get this up so our landlord likes us again Right. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. Yep. Right. Yeah, and um, whichever one we go with, we'll have a picture of the sign somewhere on our website. We're redesigning the whole website right now. So that if somebody finds us on the website or looks us up before they come, they'll at least be able to connect, hopefully, that picture. And then when they arrive, say, oh, that, I'm, def- I'm definitely in the right place. Um, <clears throat> one thought against or one thought for this option was uh, Tyson and I um, have made our building available for our HOA meetings in our neighborhood. I mean, we had two, I think, here. And we, we told the, the board in our HOA that they were welcome to have our, our yearly annual meeting here as well. And some of the board members said, well, people don't like to go to a church building, so we're not going to do it there because of that connotation. Whereas, um, you know, we've talked about, or sometimes we reference the building as the anchor building, um, to kind of move away from viewing it as a church since, you know, we talked about us being the church. Um, this would potentially allow us to do things here and be able to tell people to go to the building with the anchor versus go to Sav Hope Church's building. If we were to end up doing Zumba classes here that we've talked about before, if we were to end up doing any type of community-type events here um, was one thought that we had. I guess the option for this one was this doesn't make sense to people that just drive by and see this. They don't realize it's an abbreviation. And so we talked about just expanding the whole name, but you can't fit church on there based on the size. You really want to increase the price. Um, Uh Uh-huh. Right. 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 
For either one of these? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we can ask. I don't. I don't know if we would have to make it a little bit longer. It's based. These, all three of these are the same amount of characters as far as letters and spaces. Um, we talked. For option three? Yeah, we talked about, too, just putting the anchor. We would have to, I didn't have, I don't know the measurements to tell him, so I, was, I basically knew that he had already made the Taekwondo sign, so I knew he could just give me that quick price on that. Um, we'd have to adjust the um, measurements, but it may be that we can just put the anchor on there. I'm going to be honest with you, I think 90% of the time people can't see it anyways because when those bush, when those trees have leaves on it, if you've ever driven by, again, spring, summer, and late fall, you can't see any of the signs from the street. So it really ends up being you have to pull in to even see them. Um, but, yeah, we can check and see how much it would cost to add the anchor to this option in between. Um, I don't know. <laughs> but it would have been helpful for those that visited to see a sign to know that we're in the right place. Um, right, yeah. We're hoping that we don't have to put two signs up because technically we're in two units. And technically, he could argue that we have to have two signs up, which would be double the cost. No, because this building pokes out. So the the way it's like this. So the State Farm guy has a bigger sign because the the face of his building is as big as that unit of ours. This one is like this, like the Taekwondo. <clears throat> and then when you get down to, is it a massage place now? They have the same type of big. I hope so. I mean, I don't want to. He may require us because for him, it looks bad on him if he's got empty units. And the way a unit is not empty is if it has a sign on it. Um, so somebody that drives by looks at it and thinks, well, there's some empty units there, which would mean that they would not want to put their business here when he does have empty units because it looks like people can't. People, businesses don't work here kind of thing. <laughs> if, if just having the anchor on there was an option. I feel like we're at our leadership meeting again. <laughs> okay. Um, so we'll keep working on this and trying to. Don't be mad if you show up and we didn't go with your option because there's not much of a consensus, I feel like, as far as what we should do. Um, all right. Some other things that we're looking to do for Sunday mornings um, with the money that was given, it was. Um, it was given, again, to kind of enhance our Sunday morning 
So what we're going to do is uh, we can afford to purchase a large screen TV that we're going to mount um, on this wall to help with um, the teaching experience. So it's going to allow us to show videos that maybe go with what we're teaching. It's going to allow us to basically what I'm going to be able to do is mirror what's on my iPad on the TV for all the scripture references that we're using. So as I'm kind of going boom, 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 hitting different verses, you'll be able to just see those on the screen uh, without any, we don't have to have somebody running uh, audio visual. It'll just be automatically taken from the iPad straight there. Um, it'll also give us the option to uh, Skype with Uganda once we have people over there, but then even once Chris goes sooner rather than later, um, even with Innocent and Dorothy over there, it gives us the option to Skype on a Sunday morning, which kind of leads to the second thing is that we've gotten some prices and it's, it's affordable enough to where we're going to um, probably go with internet in the building. There's been several people that use different uh, apps on their phones and tablets for Bible and note-taking type things, and because the, the service is pretty poor for whatever reason in our building, um, it'll allow you to do some additional things that, that you've been trying to do maybe with your phone and tablet, uh, keeping notes, like I said, using some different Bible apps. Um, but the Internet's necessary for us to mirror what's on the iPad onto the TV. It's also necessary for the Skype purpose. So we feel like it'll provide some additional opportunities for us to enhance what we're doing on Sunday mornings. Um, so we want to do that. <clears throat> yeah, so that's the third thing that we're going to do is we're going to get a, um, a Chromebook, which is about $200. We're going to set up a city portal in the back so that as people visit, we can tell them, if you'd like to get on the city, you can do it right now today. You don't have to scratch out your email address on a, on a piece of paper and hand it to somebody that you don't know in hopes that they're going to go home and send you an email to get you on the city. We'll be able to show you what the city looks like. We'll be able to get you logged on right there. You'll just enter your email address and be done, and you'll be able to log on as soon as you get home kind of thing. So it'll hopefully allow us to put people that are visiting in connection with our church right away instead of, um, again, trying to track them down at the end of the service and get an email address and then not lose it by the time you get home, and then remember to send it to them. So um, that's another thing we're looking at doing. And then we talked about uh, creating um, a better social media presence for Sovereign Hope through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram where we can... So we already communicate stuff on the city, but some of you don't have your notifications set up to where you get those regularly, so we could be communicating information about events, but if you don't check it, maybe you don't get it. And so we want to increase the points of contact where you know what's going on and can keep track of what's going on. Some of you are more apt to check your Instagram regularly or your Facebook regularly. And if we're, if we're posting things there as well, then hopefully it'll keep you up to speed with what's going on here. So um, those are some of the things that we talked about that you'll see uh, coming out here real soon. Um, we also discussed our kids ministry a little bit. We talked about how we're, we're growing and getting bigger and um, wanting to make sure that we're proactive and making some adjustments. We, we had a lot of conversation and a lot of different ideas, um, and we, we basically settled on uh, a plan that um, requires the least amount of money and requires the least amount of change to our current schedule so that if we needed to go back to what we're currently doing, we could without having to retransform the building type of thing. Um, we also um, based it off of current membership as far as making plans. And so just to kind of encourage those that have been visiting, um, it's helpful to us through membership to know how to best plan because as we make changes and, and restructure things, we want to do that. We want to do that as we're growing, but it gives us confidence to do it when we know for sure who's going to be here long term. Um, that's helpful for accountability groups as we want to get more people plugged into our accountability groups, but that's a benefit of membership, um, service opportunities here, even with our C group placement. Um, you know, we've got people visiting different C groups, which is great, and we want to form more C groups. 
but we don't want to form more C groups if it's if it's a group that's mainly people visiting because again we want you guys here we we hope that you guys are going to be here um, but it gives us added confidence to know we can form these groups and know that this is a group of members and not just people that are visiting um, so. But in no way do we want you to feel like, hey, you've got to join our church, right? So we know that's a huge decision. We know that that's a prayerful decision that, that, you, that you have to work through with your family. Um, and so we want you to know that we, we anticipate potentially other plans as more people officially join Sovereign Hope. But what we, what we feel like we can do now is we've got to expand our nursery to make sure that there's adequate space for safety for the kids that are in there. And so what we're looking at doing is... Um, taking a portion out of the wall that separates the two rooms, uh, putting a door frame in with a Dutch door. That's the, to- the doors that, that, have the, that are split in two, and you can open or close, bottom or top, um, so that we can create a one-room feel. What that allows us to do is it does not require us to add additional nursery workers if we don't have to, because for accountability purposes, we could not have a married couple in one room and other people in the other room, because legally we're not supposed to have just a married couple in a room with children, because if anything were, were raised as a questionable act, you've got two people that are married together that are going to potentially defend each other. And so for accountability purposes, we, we can't have that. This allows us to create one room through that doorway to where we can still have four nursery workers if we, if we want to keep it at that. Um, we're going to create a window in there as well. Um, so that we can kind of see into the other room, again, for accountability purposes, and essentially create a, a room for uh, babies and a room for toddlers, um, a room where we can have pack and plays and, and places for babies to rest and sleep, and then a, a larger area for our older kids to run around and play and not be tripping over um, our babies that are just crawling. Um, so that's kind of where we, we, we came to, and again, it's a situation where if we need to, we can just close the door and go back to having two separate rooms. Um, so it doesn't, um, it doesn't put us in a situation where we have to keep it that way moving forward. It, it still gives us the flexibility to use it as two rooms or open it up as one room, basically. Um, we would keep our youth discipleship mo- uh, working at 930 in the morning um, in our current rooms. So we, we've been doing youth discipleship stuff for kids that are or for students that are in sixth grade all the way up. Um, we would keep doing that in the same setting. So we would have them in this room. We'd have chairs set up. And then um, when we finish up, we would take the kids. in. The, so you would still check in that one room. Nursery families would still check in. All the kids would kind of be in that room until 10 o'clock. And then when youth discipleship's over, we would funnel them into that, to the uh, playroom. Um, our older kids class, what we're looking at doing, that's the third through fifth or sixth grade is how we've kind of done it right now. Um, we want them in as much of the service as possible. So it's always been a desire of ours to have kids worshiping with their families, um, but also giving families the option as they're growing and experiencing some of those, those growing pains with their kids as they're learning to be in here to provide some flexibility as well with kid class options. So it's never been mandated that you have to put your kids in our kid classes, but we also know that we've got different personalities and different family structures that come where some are, are good with their kids being in here and some are still working through that with their kids. So our older kids class, which is the third through sixth grade, uh, currently meets at 10 o'clock. We're going to back that up to 945 and have them meet from 945 till about 1015, 1020, and then get them back in the service as soon as possible. Um, they would start meeting next door here in the karate room. Um, he's been gracious enough to say that this is an available space if we needed it. I've kind of worked out some different arrangements with him as far as how it benefits him um, through his wife subbing at my school. So she's the first person that I call. So in a sense, they're getting paid without getting paid by our church. So it's financially beneficial for him. I said, look, I'll call your wife every time I need a sub. She works two, three, four times a week. So um, he's gracious enough to say that in return, we can work out something where you guys can use our facility on Sunday mornings. Um, those kids would come back in, and then when we get ready to do the sermon, we would move our, our younger kids' class right there instead of currently how it goes right over here. So it, it allows us to expand our nursery space. It allows us to keep our current kids' class structure. 
and see how that works. And again, we haven't overcommitted anything financially to where we can still make further adjustments. We can go back to the way it was, um, but it's, it's a temporary fix, but we think it'll help ease, especially some of the overload in the nursery where we've got, if everybody's here on a current Sunday, it can get very crowded. And if somebody comes and visits, it can be a little dangerous looking if you're not used to the people that you see in there and the kids and um, that type of thing. So we want to alleviate those concerns um, as well. Any questions about any of that? Yep. They'll start at 945. So the, yes. Right. The, K, the, the four-year-olds through second grade will go over there at like 1045 when we're starting the sermon. Yep. Yep. At about 1015, yeah. So we want to get, so right now Adam's class is based, it starts at 10 o'clock, and then he's supposed to bring them back in when we start singing, because we want them in here with their families to worship with their families. Sometimes that can be 10-10, 10-15, which means he has very little time to accomplish much at all. What he does in his class is to pre-teach what I'm going to teach to them. So we're trying to teach them how to listen to a sermon and how to hear a sermon and trying to grow them up maturely to where they can sit here and hear a pastor teach a sermon. So Adam pre-teaches the text to them kind of works through that with him, but we're not giving him a, a good set amount of time for how long he's going to have with him. Sometimes it's, it's longer, sometimes it's a lot shorter. If we started at 945, which a lot of people are here at that time because we start at 10, um, we can give him pretty much a guaranteed 30 minutes before we actually start singing. So during that 10, 10, 15 slot, we're taking prayer requests, we're praying together, and then we move into our worship time. They've had 30 minutes to interact with him, interact with the text, kind of get some, some preparation in place, and then they come right in and are able to worship with their families, and we don't diminish that aspect of them doing church together with their family was our, was our thought process in that. And again, the good thing is if it's not working and if we need to make adjustments, we can. We haven't overcommitted ourselves to it. But it, the, the main thing is that it frees up more space for the nursery right away. Um, as soon as we can get somebody to come do the door, um, we, we've got some people that we've used in the past. We just need to get that, that done. And if it's a professional doing it, it should be pretty quick. Let's try to get that done. Um, is Dan still in here? Dan, you There. Do you still have access to that plexiglass that you sent pictures to Tyson? See if you can check on that, though. Okay. Okay. He thought you might still have access to it. Okay. Yeah, so uh, Ecclesia is moving from their location to an actual, they're renting a church building, and they have a Dutch door in their facility. And they're, they're like us. They were renting a facility, so anything that they put in there, they can technically take with them. So we're going to try to... I think Dutch doors are expensive, like a lot more than a regular door. So if we can get access to theirs, that'll help expedite the process too. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's impossible. Yeah, that's impossible. Yeah, I mean, we we taught we we. We talked about trying to extend this wall right here and create a room where, like, the map is currently. But to do that, you basically cut off that restroom from everybody if that's part of the nursery, which would not work as you know, would just not work either. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I haven't seen any cockroaches lately, so that's helpful. Um, I thought about it, but <coughs> I don't know that his wife wants to substitute teach, so we, we probably have to pay for that. <laughs> so, okay. Um, the uh, the last thing that we spent time discussing um, 
at our at our leadership retreat involved uh, Uganda. Um, so we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now. I've been in conversation with Chris, and we have just as a means of encouragement to let you know we have uh, about eight people that are currently praying um, intentionally about about going um, and being a part of this team. So so we're excited about that. Um, we probably won't send, financially we won't be able to f- afford to send more than eight people. Now that doesn't mean that these are the eight people that are going. So if you're thinking and praying and you haven't kind of sat with me or Chris and kind of let us know, then I would encourage you to do so. You're not obligated just by approaching us and talking to us, but it kind of gives us a feel as to who the Holy Spirit is stirring in. So it's an encouraging thing to say, hey, there's eight people that have come forward and have talked with us. Doesn't mean those eight are going. So it's not, don't want you to hear that and say, ah, we missed the boat. You know, we were thinking about it, but it sounds like they have it covered. Because I would be surprised if all eight initially come forward and all eight go, right? I mean, just statistics would tell you, eventually maybe somebody drops out and doesn't want to go. So we want as many people that are interested to come and, and talk with us and share what the Lord's doing and, and conversations that you're having so that we get a better feel for this. But I wanted to encourage you by letting you know that um, we've got eight that are interested, that are that are praying about going. Um, in our discussions this weekend, you know, it's it, it's it's absolutely clear that we have to intentionally pray for a team leader for this, somebody that's going to pastor this endeavor. Um, that's the bigger need than just gathering people to go. It's, it's finding that individual, that, that couple that's going to be able to go and, and lead this endeavor. Um, we, so Chris was with us this weekend. We have tentatively uh, planned a church trip for this summer, specifically for those that are interested in going indefinitely. So we will take trips for people that want to go and to visit and to see, but that's not the purpose of the trip this summer. The purpose for the trip this summer is to take individuals who are ready to take it to the next step and say, okay, we're still interested. After praying, we are still very interested in possibly going indefinitely. We need to go see it. We need to go figure this out. And so the next step would be to kind of go and see. So we're looking at taking a trip, and based on Chris's schedule, um, we would leave at the beginning of July, um, so somewhere, and we're going to have some people that are um, trying to find the cheapest day to leave and the cheapest day to come back because it can vary depending on what day of the week you leave. Chris got a great deal um, to go this summer, um, at least Okay, so right. So um, the the entire group would leave at the beginning of July, and what we're potentially offering is two different return times. So there's some people that obligations at work would prevent them from going for two weeks plus. So we're looking at everybody going at the same time having some return 10 days later, so a week and a half trip, and then others that want to stay a little bit longer would stay for four weeks and would come back with Chris when he returns uh, to start the school year. Um, So two different options. One that's a short term. I mean, it's going to be bang, bang, because it's going to take over 24 hours to get there, about 26, 28 hours to actually leave Atlanta and be at his house. Um, then you've got that turnaround to go back. So you're looking at two days, two to three days, they're going to be gone for travel purposes. So about a week over there is what you're looking at. And then others that have the flexibility, um, that maybe have the summer off because they're teaching or, or that type of thing, may look at staying for four weeks because they're saying, hey, if I'm going to come live here, I need to see what it looks like longer than a week. I need to see if I can stay here for four weeks and, and then kind of see what my, my, men, my mentality is. And so uh, offering two different return times. We want the team traveling in a group. Uh, so we'd want, uh, you know, several coming back after 10 days and then the rest coming back with Chris. That would give us uh, 
assurance that everybody's this traveling as safely as possible. Um, if you're in that group that's praying or or is uh, that's already notified us, or you're praying about going and, and haven't told us yet, uh, you'll probably need somewhere between two thousand and twenty five hundred dollars for the trip per person. Um, you're going to need to get travel guard insurance, which is uh, traveling insurance internationally. Um, you obviously have got to get a passport, and so if this is even a remote possibility in your mind, you need to start thinking passport this week um, if you've never had a passport. Now, if you've had one, Chris says you can get it um, renewed um, if it's expired a little bit quicker than if you're doing it for the very first time. Um, so travel insurance, passport, you're going to get, need to get a yellow fever vaccine and a malaria, a malaria medicine are the, are the things that you're going to have to have to go. Um, so those things have to start getting really talked about here um, as soon as possible. Um, right now, and this may, this may change, uh, Tyson is planning to represent the elders on that trip and go as an elder representation so that he can come back and give information to Adam and I. So it's probably not feasible for all three of us to go. So Tyson said with his new teaching schedule that he, and it's, it'll be a little bit harder for me to go because I have a lot of family interviews and acceptance meetings that have to happen in July for kids that are coming into Trinity. So Tyson is willing to go as an elder representative um, to give some leadership feedback. So that, that's kind of where we stand with, with those trips. Um, wanted to get that information to you as soon as possible as well so that if you're even thinking about it, you can start making some, some movement in that area to go this summer. Um, any questions about that? Okay. Um, and then I met with Chris this morning, and there's some things that I want to share with you. So we've been real faithful in this process to share with you details that we have, even when the details aren't completely worked out. So uh, we want to just keep giving you information so that you can help us pray for this versus us praying about things and then just informing you about how this is going to go. So we're really relying on an, our entire church family to be in prayer about this. Um, Rob from Snowbird contacted me. I don't think I've told you all this yet. I think it was this week that he contacted me and said that um, the church at Snowbird is actually supporting a church plant in Uganda. So we had talked about uh, that they actually have some staff that are in the northern part of Uganda that have now crossed over into South Sudan and are planting a church there. That's a good deal farther than where Chris's place is at. I mean, it would take a good amount of time to travel there. But in addition to that presence, uh, Rob was telling me that they have recently started supporting a church plant in Kampala. Um, this is a guy who, so Brody, who runs Snowbird, was in Uganda for a lot of the spring last year for their adoption. So they adopted two kids from Uganda. There was a lot of hang-up with the government. And so he ended up being over there for two or three months just trying to take these kids home. So in that process, they did a lot of sightseeing and touring and, and just finding out what was going on in Uganda and connected with this pastor in Kampala um, who was planning a church there. The name of it is Sojourn Church, um, and it's got a website that I wanted to encourage you all to look at. Yeah, I know. And I could actually show you a video that he did as well. Sojourn Uganda. It's either .com or .org. I can't remember. Um, it's a it's part of the Acts 29 network, and you know sometimes that's good, sometimes that's bad. There's different things. So that that's kind of a you know that that just lets us know that there's at least some commonality in, in what we do. Um, the big thing is that Brody spent a lot of time with this guy, and he came back over here last summer to raise some support, and actually was at Snowbird for a portion of the summer. This is an individual who sold his house, sold his contracting company, and moved his family there to plant a church. Um, Chris actually met this guy when he first got to Uganda, we think, time-wise, um, in 2012. Um, Chris went and visited what they were doing. Again, it was in its very initial stages. The distance between this church plant, so Chris's house is in Seda. I said that right, right? 
All right, this church is in Kampala. The distance is 9.3 miles, which is how many kilometers? It's like 15, 16, somewhere. I think it's 15, which is the same distance as what some of our people ran last week in Atlanta. But 9.3 miles and talking with Chris, you could get there by car in about the same amount of time as Chris could run there um, because of the road conditions and because of the traffic um, and because most people would have to take a taxi um, because they don't own cars. So while it sounds like a short distance, you know, why would we need to plan a church? It's nine miles away. Does everybody go to that church? Um, it's not – it's about an hour away travel time. Um, but what's unique about what's going on here at this church is that they've already planted their second church. So he planted a church in, I think it's Mwenga. Is that where the first one was? Okay. He's now planted his second church in Wabagala, which is the slum area that he referenced, right? Um, the distance, and just to give you an idea, the distance between these two churches is two kilometers. So that gives you an idea that they felt like that's too far to ask people to come to our church. We're going to go ahead and plant a second church over here for these people. What I, what I love about it, one is their snowbird connection, um, but secondly, it's a church planting movement that's already kind of going on over there. Um, I've emailed him to start some discussion to see what they're doing, what their plans are, um, just to get a feel and idea. It, at a minimum, at a minimum, what this does is, is it gives us a, a a really great resource to figure out how to do this. Um, from what I saw on their website, it looks like they have the option, um, this guy, to where you can. It's like a residency program where people that are interested in church planting, in, interested in international pastoring, can come and work with them for like a year time to kind of figure out how to church plant internationally, uh, which would be an invaluable opportunity for somebody on our team to potentially be a part of. Um, it gives us a real tangible. So Chris has a vision for what he's doing. It's never included church planting. It's never included people with kids living there this guy has four kids um, and he moved his family over there and so what it does is it gives us at least a contact to say where should our family that has kids live what's it going to look like for them to live there what issues are they going to face what does insurance look like what does it look like when your kid gets sick and you have to take them to the doctor um, it's going to provide more opportunity for us to get some questions answered quickly versus us having to figure it out versus chris having to figure it out for us to immediately be able to contact this guy and see what's going on there. Um, I don't know what all this means. You know, we're, we're praying that God will make things clear to us and how we're supposed to be involved over there. I don't know the full ramifications of what this means and how it affects us, um, but I think it's, it's too important to just ignore and dismiss and say, ah, that's cute, they're doing their thing over there. We're going to come do our own thing over here. The fact is, is that he's figured out a way to take the gospel into this area and grow a church that then allows them to grow another church. He's got Ugandans on staff that are leading discipleship groups, that are leading worship, guys that, that were Christians right when he got there that he's been able to take and train. And so um, if nothing else, he's a resource that is going to help us not feel like we have to reinvent the wheel. Right. So so we can learn and glean from what they're doing. It also provides an American presence for our people that we potentially send over there to connect with regularly for fellowship. When there is times of discouragement, when we maybe don't see the gospel going forth as quickly as maybe we'd like to see it happen. And so um, I'm encouraged by it. Again, I don't know fully what it means yet. I don't know how it changes things. I don't know. Um, you know, what it looks like for us moving forward, I think it's worth exploring to get some additional answers. And so I emailed him late last night, told him that, that I'd worked at Snowbird, met my wife at Snowbird, that we're good friends with those guys, that we're uh, looking to plant churches that plant churches as well, kind of told him where Chris's area was and told him I'd love to dialogue with him 
and get some information from him about how we can potentially partner together or at least use each other as, as, a, as a resource for what God may be calling us to do there. So, again, learned about this last night, but wanted you to know about this so that you can be in prayer about what it looks like for us, but also to be in prayer just in general for his ministry, right? So there's commonality in the gospel, and, and I'd encourage you to go to this website. They've got videos. They've got a video on every person they've baptized in the last three years. They've got a video about their vision. They've got a video about the two church buildings that they've been able to build over there. Um, just really encouraging to see, because I think it gives us a glimpse at what can potentially be done over there in Chris's area. You know, it's, it's more than just us talking about it now. You can actually go see what it looks like um, and see what church planting looks like. And so would encourage you to check out that, that video. And I'm going to keep, keep you guys updated as I am able to connect with the pastor there and kind of get a feel from him as to um, what it would look like for us to plant in, um, in this area, you know, being that he's not too far away. And it's close enough to be used as a resource. Any any thoughts or questions about that that I can help answer? Again, I don't have answers as far as how this affects and how this changes and what it means going forward. Um, but I'm encouraged by it because I think it gives more uh, – it, it at least allows for more definitive answers for some things that we don't know how to answer right now because we can hopefully ask him. Um, It would it would really depend financially where we're at as far as being able to send people. Um, it allows us to, to move quicker than five years because of Chris already being there. Um, but it would still be a little contingent on when we can have a pastor in place to go and, and when we can have the finances in place to send. Now, we talked a little bit last week about potentially, um, and we talked a little bit about this weekend, if... So Chris is looking at purchasing more land and building a facility for ladies to come to for long-term discipleship. Um, we could potentially help Chris out um, by using some of our church funds to build a place for our team to live connected to that, that dormitory that he's wanting to build. Um, that way we don't have to purchase land. We just kind of piggyback off of what he was already planning to build um, we could do it at a reduced rate than if we tried to go find land and, and do that type of thing. Um, if we could potentially have people that were going raise a year's worth of living expenses in the next two, three years, then we could say, okay, the first year you're paying for everything that you raised. We're providing a place for you to live. We're going to take everything out of our savings and build a house for our team. And then that allows us a year to build back up our savings while that team has paid for their living expenses for a full year, then we can come back the second year and start supporting them for their, for their daily living because we've got the facility built now. It's some of the things that we talked about this weekend. Um, so there's partnership there where there's, there's effort on people that want to go to work hard right now to save so that they can go with the understanding that our church is going to come right alongside and make it possible financially as well. Um, and, and just as the Lord blesses and as people faithfully give, that will allow the process to speed up. The biggest hindrance right now from us going, you know, even like this year, is finances and a pastor. If those two things are removed, then it makes the time frame pretty flexible as far as when we could go. Which, which is also an encouragement to those that are even praying about going, that you need to be faithfully giving to our church. You know, like I, I don't know who gives and who doesn't give. But if you're planning to go, it, 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 it should be a prerequisite in your mind that I need to be faithfully giving to our church and faithfully giving to this as it becomes available you know, in, the, in the form of a bank account to give to it. And then also saving personally, um, to be intentional about putting money away personally so that you can um, provide some of the upfront expenses to go. Um, 
Any other thoughts or questions on this? Keep checking my email, hoping he emails me back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Poland. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he works with um, a church plant in Poland that reaches uh, the Jewish population there. Yeah. You know what? It was a good reminder to me last night. Um, is it, the temptation is to become a little prideful in the idea that, well, we're going to go plant a, a church overseas and you know, we can verbally say we want God's name to be made great and not realize that we're really excited about the name of Sive Hope potentially being great as well, you know, because we're making sacrifices, we're going to send people, and, and, and we're the awesome church that does this. You know, it was a good reminder to me last night that, you know, one, there's already people that are doing this, right? Like, it's, it's not unique that we would be the first ones to do this. And if there's any type of connection that comes with this, you know, It'd probably be silly to name it Sive Hope when there's other sojourn churches in the area that, that it's a test on our part. Are we willing to plan a church that maybe doesn't even carry our name where we partner with somebody else that's there and we don't get any temporary glory for it type of thing? Are we still as invested and interested as a church when we partner with somebody else? You know, it was a, it was a, it was a good reminder to me that this is about Christ's glory and it's about the gospel going out. It has nothing to do with Sovereign Hope's name, even if we're you know, putting people over there and, and we're under the umbrella of a, of a church name that's Sojourn Church because it, it allows people to see a, a unified movement that we're all about the gospel. We're all about planting churches and, and whatnot. Again, I don't, I, don't know, I don't know where we go with this. I don't know this guy. I've never talked with him. Um, but it was just another answer to prayer for me that here's some more things to think about and here's some reminders that it's about my glory and not about your church and not about you know, Adam as a pastor getting recognition for sending people out to plant a church. It's not about you getting recognition for raising money to send people out. That, that it's really just about the gospel, and we recognize that we're not the only ones that love the gospel. There are other people that love the gospel that are, that are wanting to see the gospel go out, and there are people that are not too far from Chris that are committed to that as well. Again, probably a little too far to say, ah, let's scrap those plans. It looks like that area is covered. You know, it, it, it would be similar to us saying, well, there's a church plant in Noonan, no need to plant a church here kind of thing, right? Like we wouldn't expect people to walk from Noonan all the way up 16 to get to our church. You know, it would be more convenient to have a church where there's fellowship and accountability. Um, So it's not let's scrap everything, there's no need, but it is a reminder that we don't have to do this by ourselves, that that there are other people that we can humbly say, we need some answers and we don't know how to do this by ourselves. And so, you know, I was encouraged just listening to this guy's heart and what he's doing over there. And wanted to make you guys aware of it so that you can, again, one, be praying for his ministry. Because it's not just about our success over there. It's about the gospel success. And this guy is close and, and, and loves the gospel. Um, but two, to be praying about what this means for us potentially as a resource and potentially as a connection point over there as well. So. All right, any other thoughts or questions about that? All right, well, we want to, um, again, take the opportunity on this day to um, reflect and celebrate uh, the Lord's Supper together. Um, we try to, to pause on our application Sundays and, and use it as a, a time of reinforcement once again to, to kind of step back and to, um, to reflect and to, and to glory in Christ over what he's accomplished um, for us. 
in, <clears throat> we'll take the time just to, to read together in 1 Corinthians um, to set the stage for us this morning. First Corinthians uh, chapter 11, verse 17, but in the following instructions, I do not commend you because when you come together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and I believe it in part, for there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. When you come together, it's not the Lord's supper that you eat, for in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal. One goes hungry, another gets drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in, or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so we celebrate that truth this morning, reflecting back on what we've studied in Genesis, that what's, what's broken there by Adam and Eve is that there's a need for perfection, there's a need for obedience, and there's also a need for sacrifice to atone for the mistake that they made, for the rebellion that they demonstrated in the garden. And so... We celebrate the second Adam this morning together as a church family. We celebrate his work. Um, we, we believe here at this church that uh, the Lord's Supper is a representation of what Christ has done for us. It's, it's an act that we partake in as believers um, to, to encourage one another, to, to show others that, that we are committed to Jesus Christ. And so we don't believe that this is an act that saves us. We don't believe that it's an act that keeps us saved. Um, Instead, we believe it's an act that we participate in together. And and Paul's very adamant there at the beginning that this is to be a unifying practice, that there's to be no selfishness demonstrated in it. And this church was guilty of of using it as a a buffet-type thing to just eat and and satisfy themselves. And he says the purpose of this is to encourage one another to to see unity in what we partake from. And um, the fact is is that all, all of our hope, all of our uh, joy is wrapped up in the very same thing in Christ's work, and it's the message that we want to take from this building to to the area around here and ultimately overseas. And so, uh, we want to celebrate that this morning together. I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to give you some time to reflect. Andrew's going to come and uh, play for us this morning, and then, um, as you feel led, you can go to the back and partake. And then Andrew um, is going to lead us in two songs this morning together, as well as a means of of worship in response to us partaking of the Lord's Supper. So let's pray together. Lord, we, we come to you humbly right now thanking you that you have called us to be a part of your plan through salvation. We thank you that you have included us in a, uh, a plan to be saved. We thank you that the gospel came to our ears that we were able to hear. We're thankful for the Holy Spirit who convicted us of our sin and drew us to you for salvation. And Father, we're thankful that you are you're working in our hearts to sanctify us, that you're uh, teaching us to, to, to loosen our grip on the things of this world and instead to point our eyes to, to heavenly things, to eternal things. Um, and Father, I know that uh, for us to, uh, to be faithful to plant a church overseas, it's going to require that, for us to loosen our grip on, on the treasures of this world in order to invest in a kingdom that's not of this world. Father, I'm thankful this morning that that you are calling people to be a part of that. And that that calling comes through the perfect work of Christ and the the shed blood of Jesus Christ. So, Father, we worship you this morning. We we thank you this morning. Uh, We we participate in this together to demonstrate the unity that you've created. That as we've come from different backgrounds and and, and different economic statuses this morning, that, that we are unified, that we are one as your family because of Jesus Christ. We thank you for his obedience. We thank you that he has kept the law for us and met the righteous requirements of it. We thank you that he absorbed your wrath, that he satisfied the death that we deserved. And Father, we we look forward to Jesus' return. And so God, as, as Paul reminded the church at Corinth, we, we partake this morning 
until Jesus comes back. And, and so we partake this morning because Jesus has not returned yet. So God, I pray that you would increase our desire and hope in the return of Jesus Christ. God, I pray that as, as we pause now and take some time to reflect personally, that you would convict us of sin where we need it, that we would turn our, our focus and attention back to you. And God, as we take opportunity to partake this morning, that it would serve as an encouragement to those around us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Hope Church podcast. We trust that you've been encouraged by the word. For more information about our church, please visit our website at www.sovhope.org. Again, that's www.sovhope.org.